This episode contains adult language, mature situations, physically challenged main characters with awesome combat skills, a chatterbox sidekick with a tragic backstory, the awesomeness of Osamu Tezuka, amazing adaptations by Studio Mappa, and the horrors of the Warring States period of Japan. Listener discretion is advised. Why is this manga called Hyakimaru? Hello and welcome to an episode of the Spark and Manga Review. Some podcasts and very reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. This is your host, Zan. Saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And we're joined today by... Doug. Yes, from AnimeCon.tv. AnimeCons.tv, yes. Yes, Bye. also from Anime Boston and so many other cool <laughs> cons you can check out, including the Otakon. They're doing a panel, which maybe. Like last year, they'll be singing of certain songs, maybe from. Do you oh, remember who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll see if that gets accepted. Oh, hopefully it does. Just submitted but, all my panels today. So. <laughs> Same here. I did all that as well. But beforehand, you gotta remember. Uh, if you want to check out any of our earlier episodes, they're at www.spyrokin.com, where we talk about different podcasts. For that, yeah, I'll edit that out. Where we talk about different uh, social media stuffs. No, <laughs> brain is going. All right. This is good. All right. You so check out check out our website where we talk about different podcasts with different type of uh, topics at hand. Sometimes we talk about manga, sometimes movies, sometimes video games. This is actually a fun one because if you remember from the last episode where we talked about Battle Angel Alita, we did a kind of double review where we did a manga review and a motion picture review. This is going to be the same thing. We're going to be doing a manga review and an anime review, but not the original anime. This is a remake. So we're going to talk about that in a bit. But if you want to hear any of our episodes, you can check them out at www.spyrokin.com. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, iTunes, Tumblr, and so many other social media platforms except for TikTok. I refuse to do that stupid app. It is for terrible. now. Never. Never. <laughs> and as we said, we can find where can we find you, Doug? Uh, the best place to find me these days is I'm on the AnimeCons TV podcast, which is on YouTube as well as uh, iTunes. You can also find my reactions to a lot of stuff as I'm watching it when I remember to actually tweet about it, which is just at Nigoki Watches. Yes. And I think that's everything which is going on there. Oh, and you can email us 
zanatspirekin.com or uh, spirekin.gmail.com. Yes, we're making a Greta at spirekin.com. It's just I have to go through all those hoops and I have to remember my password for GoDaddy. I really should switch to uh, Squarespace one of these days. Mm -hmm. apparently just email Zan and just write, hey, Greta, what's up? Yes. So, if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only... The Wheel of Manga! It dictated us to be reviewing a very cool manga that Vertical Ink was actually the first release for uh, Tezuka manga. Because this is an Osamu Tezuka manga. I think it's actually the third or fourth that he released. Well, depending on how you look at it, because he's made like 200 different mangas. It's kind of crazy. But this is one that Vertical Release released in a very special edition. But it was originally published by Shogakuken, and then it was moved over to Akita Shoten after three volumes, which is really weird. Mm. It's kind of like, hey, we're going to do switch. It's like, you're you're a Marvel comic. Now you're going to be a DC comic. Yeah. you like, okay. <laughs> well, actually more be like uh, Ange Angela from uh, Spawn, who she's now a Marvel character. Because comics. Because comics. <laughs> and it was released over here, as we said, by Vertical Comics or Vertical Inc. It was picked up by a mutual friend of the podcast, Ed Chavez, who now mm -hmm. is in charge of Denpa Books. Yeah. Uh, it was released in Weekly Shonen Sunday. It is a shonen series that would be classified as a dark fantasy historical supernatural. Uh, Richie came out the 22nd of August, 67, 1967, not 2067, until July 22nd, uh, 1967. So that's kind of cool. It was 11 months to the day when they finished it, kind of. Uh, there are 11 volumes in the original run, but we had it. It's, when Vertical released it, they did three volumes. And then they did the Omnibus, yeah. Which is which is weird, because a lot of their other releases by Vertical, they went the opposite order. They did big volume editions first. And then when it got a re-release, they did smaller ones. Like, they did that with, like, Moo and, and uh, Apollo's Song yeah. and a couple others. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting reason why. I guess it's because Doro is such a intriguing... Because we're talking about Doro. Yeah. It's such an intriguing concept that they didn't want to be like, we're not going to give it to you all at once. Yeah, we, we can make it. We can make this sell. It's it's short enough, and it's like, I, I wish more publishers would get on board with this idea of, like, if it's short enough... Don't try and give me, you know, draw me out. Just give it to me all at once. I'll pay a little more per volume, but to just get it all done. And then I don't have to, especially if it's a series I'm, like, trying to track down later on. Do we only have to buy, like, one, you know, fewer issues? It's so nice. I, I'm happy that they re-released it, especially because when the anime came out, they said we're going to re-release it. Yeah. And they re-released it as an omnibus, the second or the third edition of the omnibus. It's a good buy. Uh, but... Let's get into what it actually is about. Now, Greta, how would you describe Doro in one sentence? In one, like, long-ass run-on sentence? So, <clears throat> Just, like, the over... If you could explain it in one sentence, what would you say? That Dororo is the super cute little kid that is super talkative, orphaned, but through happenstance finds Hikakamaru and is like the barnacle to this awesome kind of like hero person who just is completely badass and Dororo like realizes it and like attaches. It's like, that's okay, good, here we're going. Yeah, that's a good description. Yeah. Dororo, Dororo is the barnacle to Hikakamaru. Yeah. yeah. And and Hyakumaru is the reason you're reading the story. As much as Doro's story does slowly get fleshed out, 
Shakimaru is the reason we're all here. Hence, why isn't this manga called Hyakimaru? It's because he's the. It's because it's. It's Doro is the Greek choir to this whole story. Yeah, he is. Uh, or, well, he's a thief. Mm-hmm. Not gonna spoil much, but he's he's a thief who ends. He's up... a kid who's surviving on his own. Yeah, so true. like, I don't think that master thief is kind of like the thing. He's doing what he needs to do to survive. Yeah. He's like he's like a he's d- an urchin. He's, a he's d- yeah. yeah. He's he's not artful dodger. He's more like he's surviving. Yeah, he's he's like. Uh, what's his name from uh, Aladdin? From, no, not Aladdin. From Rush, uh, Rush Hour. Um, Chris, uh, not Chris Rock. Uh, um, Chris Tucker. He's, he's Chris Tucker because he's a motor mouth who's who talks himself into trouble and out of trouble, and eventually he bumps into this guy who has a really cool sword. He sees a cool sword. Turns out, no, that's not his sword. The guy has swords in his arms. Swords, forearms, even. <laughs> and he's like, "Yes, this is cool." He's like, "I want your sword, but it's part of my arm. I don't care. I'll wait till you die." But yeah. Dororo doesn't need anybody to have. He doesn't need a second person to have a conversation. He has enough things to say to fill the entire conversation, yeah. which is why the relationship works. Now, in for the the queer thing is is with a lot of Osamu Tezuka stuff, Hyakumaro is. Well, how would you describe his origins? It's, I mean, he's the wandering, he's, you know, his character type is kind of the wandering samurai. He's on a long-term quest, like there always is, you know, bumps along the way. It's an archetype we see a ton of times. But his whole, his whole premise, I guess, is that he's missing a lot of body parts. And it, earlier, like, in basically kind of the prologue of the story, you find out, it's, you're revealed that he was born to a feudal lord who wanted to control everything and went to the, made a pact with a bunch of demons in a temple and said, "You know, take all the body, you know, take my son, all these body parts from my firstborn son, and you know, if you grant me your favor and everything like that." And Bolt of Lightning comes in, and basically his 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 newborn ba- baby son is basically a husk, like no eyes, no mouth, it, it's no Skeletor. ears. It's Skeletor. It's Skeletor. Skeletor has more limbs than this. Yes. Skeletor is only the skull, but um, but and it's just so he's like, well, we'll just get rid of this and it'll be fine. And you know, toss it down a river, and kind old lady, you know, kind person finds it and yep. rescues him, and kind of realizes that this kid is special. Yeah, it turns out that he he's the guy who finds him is of is one of the star systems. It's Doctor Jukai, who you find in. Uh, Blackjack, you see him in Moo. Mm-hmm. He's this doctor who is... His thing is that he was working for Feudal Lord, did some screwed up things, yeah. and he's kind of had a... Not a gap in consciousness, but he's kind of atoning for his sins. Yeah. He knows he won't atone. And it's interesting, though. Like, this is, again, where Tezuka's mes- medical background, like, because he went to med school originally, really comes into play, because you see he really puts into thought about what it makes to... What it takes to make the pro- uh, prosthesis, things like that. What it takes to these limbs, and how would someone without these things interact and stuff? And that's it's a lot of little subtle things like that that he brings up, and like, it's it's in, intriguing, and it, it makes Doctor Junkai or just Junkai Sensei a much more interesting character. And he's also cool because he's like he makes prosthetics for dead bodies so that people can find him. He finds his baby that looks like a zombie. Yeah. And he's like, I'll take you and I'll feed you because you, apparently you want to live. And then one day he's feeding him and his head he hears, 
Dad, I want food. She's like, wait, what? Yep. In the so, ma- in this manga, Yakimaru is telepathic, which is how he very similar to Pinoco from Blackjack, which apparently they become well. So he ends up learning that Yakimaru is a demon magnet. They constantly come to try to kill him, so he ends up making some a cool weapon for him, and he sends him on his way. Yakimaru ends up going on a huge journey, ends up following this weird blind monk, where, again, if you've read Blackjack, it's the blind monk who does acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Tezuka starts to cement's best. He ends up teaching him some martial arts uh, because yeah. Yakimaru sees it with the quotation marks. He, like... Yeah, the, the senses that he does still have, which it's always kind of weird. Like, he's a little bit just kind of his mind. And this is where it kind of gets away from... Realism. Pop, yeah, realism, but... He has enough sense around that he can kind of figure out what's going on. Like, if, you know. Yeah. He uses what senses he has to, like, put it all together. And he sees the world in a very different way. And and as he fights monsters, it turns out every time he kills a big demon, he gets a party part back. Like, his, his nose will grow back. Or his arm will grow back. Or his eye will grow back. Yeah. And it just goes into... That medical background comes into play when you get that. There's, yeah. like... Thought behind it. Purpose. Mm -hmm. And from here, just it's them trying to go on this hero's quest and all the things that happen. Uh, There's a lot of... Not a lot of characters show up again uh, in some of the backs... Like, you get some backstory, but for the most part, it's just them It's very episodic. Which was Tezuka's thing at the time. It was very... Everything is not... There's a long, overarching plot, but... You can just yeah. follow it and pick up. And, and again, read that's it. that that's that wandering samurai story that you see in so many things. Is yes, they're eventually going to get to this long term goal, but there's going to be just small stories along it the sounds way. Sounds like a really great setup for an anime concept. Mm-hmm. Yes, in this in and they did in the '60s. This one that was made by uh, Gisaburo Sugi and produced by Yoshitaki Sugi, and it was released by Discotech. If you see Jessica Tukwood, they will have the yeah, the, the, the old 26 episodes. Old black and white one. And it is really, um, uh, the opening theme is super happy because it's, <laughs> it's, it's just Doro saying gibberish and, and seeing fun things and then just... See, this is where I like really old stuff, like, and again, to use a Tezuka example, this is where I love looking at this as a time capsule. Like... Okay, this is not necessarily enter- engaging, but it's neat to see what how it was viewed at that time. And like when I first read the Astro Boy manga, like a lot of the stories, kind of boring, but it was fascinating to read it as this is how they viewed sci-fi when this was written, and that's I feel like that's going to the original Dororo anime. I feel like that's kind of how you got to approach it. You do, and it is more faithful to the manga where Doro and Yakumo are able to have conversations and it's like yeah. even though he sounds like he sounds like uh, the the one girl from Odin just like say Doro yeah. the hardest part about the manga um I will say is it just ends abruptly you don't get a solid conclusion yeah it just kind of says okay there's like 30 pieces left or 15 pieces left and, and he got him and he got him the end it's Pretty much, we're pretty sure he's working on something else. Maybe yeah. he was still working on Phoenix, but or he started Phoenix. It's, it's not as bad as Poochie died on the way to his home planet, but it's <laughs> pretty close. It's pretty like, uh, 
It's like Keiko Commons ending where it's like, yeah, I, he puts up, I didn't think this was going to run this long, so yeah, going to guy, yeah, I love it. It's one of those, like, it's almost like, it's not as bad as Phoenix, but you almost wonder what he would have done if he had been, been able to finish it. You do, yeah. and but we get to see his, Hyakumaru and Doro's future selves in other series. Mm-hmm. Like like we said, he's in Phoenix as a caveman, and then he's a guy named Ben in Blackjack, and Dr. Hyaki in Blackjack, and in the Doro future sequel, because apparently there's a future version of Doro, which makes no sense, but anyway. So, as we said, the new one, it's been remade by Mappa, which is awesome, mm-hmm. uh, and this was completely not on a lot of people's radar. We knew about yeah. it, but we didn't. They didn't I, show anything. They were very secretive. Yeah, I saw the like that that one teaser, and my first thought was, okay, they're taking the supernatural and leaning a little more into the horror. I'm on board because I I like the manga enough already. I'm like, I want to see where this is going, and it's gotten a little more of the horror, but it's still. I would not call this a horror series. No. It's, you know, there's a lot more, it's more graphic and stuff like that. As I've been watching this, like, the thing I keep thinking about is this is like when Yasuhiro Imagawa directs a, uh, a mecha series where he's taken the inspiration and it's still very recognizable as an adaptation of the source material, but there's enough of his own spin on it. Like when he did Shin Mazinger, when he did Giant Robo, when he did Tetsujin 28. These are, he, he's reimagining stuff. And it feels, and this is not Imagawa directing. No. But it it has that same feel. And that tickles the right nerve for me. Yeah, they, the series took a completely unique spin on it. Mm-hmm. The big thing is, well, one is the flashbacks are completely, completely sepia tone except for little stupid things and it's and this is one of those things that i absolutely love about this series is it uses color so well purposefully Uh, it uses color purposefully it's and the richness of it but like the choices of the color that they choose is like the common theme that comes through and there are some gory parts. Mm-hmm. The girl in me just looks away at some points. Like, I just, you know. But, like, it's so well done. It sucks you in emotionally. And it's not, like, gore for gore's sake. It's part of the story. It's integral. Yeah, and it, as you said, it's personal. Like, to use an example, is in a flashback where it's all sepia tone and someone gets attacked with a knife or something and there's blood, that's very bright red, so it stands out. And it draws you to the, it reminds you that this is a violent act Mm -hmm. and things like that. But you also see like flashbacks of happier moments and like you'll see like someone looking at a flower and it might be a yellow flower and it's very vibrant or a purple fruit and it's very vibrant compared to this because it's a happy memory and it's like. And it shows the importance of that in that moment. Yeah. It shows, it focuses on that to make it stand out more. Where you're not like, oh, it's not something to pay attention to because sometimes it does come back to haunt you. The other thing that I noticed in the, in the most recent episode that I never noticed before is that Hyakumaru himself is not colored in. He is in that sepia tone completely. Yeah. Uh, except for when he gets injured. Then you see... Yeah. And you see how Hyakumaru sees where basically every every living thing is kind of a blob. 
Like, every really creature, I guess. And it, he's kind of almost a sea souls where, like, good people are kind of white blobs. But if he sees a demon, it's this glowing red, you know, fuzzy blob against the black background and stuff. And it's neat to do that. And there's a scene in one of the episodes where Biwa, the blind monk, is looking at Hyakimaru. And he's, one, he's concerned that his soul's turning a little red. But if you look at, like, the fuzz... Like, there's other characters next to him. Like, Hakimaru is a different kind of fuzzy. And I, know, I don't know how to put it, but it's a neat little subtle detail that says, Biwa's vision's enough to say, okay, these are two good souls, but they're two very different souls. And it's a really neat angle. It makes it more uh, compelling. And also, there's a lot of bi-language in this, because unlike in the, the manga or the original anime, Hakimaru doesn't talk. He doesn't know how to talk. He... It, but, the weird part is he understands when they speak to him, but yeah. it takes a while, but he... There's a difference between l- being able to listen and being able to speak. Yeah. And just because he can't speak doesn't mean he doesn't take in everything around him. Like, when we were first introduced to, it, to him in the anime, he's able to, like, write his name in the sand. Yeah. Someone had to teach him that, you know? And this is one of the neat um, things, like... The two things, uh, the one thing I'll notice with body language is when and there's one scene where he's trying to grab a sword and he doesn't quite know where, um, from someone else holding a sword in front of him and it's a split second thing, but you look, the first time he tries to grab it, his hand misses because he's blind. He can't see it. He has it like someone saying, oh, there's a sword in front of you and he whiffs. And I love that little thing. It's just a subtle little touch and it's a great little animation bit. Um, but the other thing, you know, talking about hearing and stuff is they're playing with this theme really well where getting a sense back or getting only back seems like it could be, you know, you you think, oh, that's only good. Not necessarily. Like, the first thing, like, when he gets his nervous system back. Pain. He, he has to learn that what pain is and how to deal with it. And, oh, stepping in fire? Hot, fire hot. <laughs> Um, or him just standing underneath rain, feeling it for the yeah. first time. It's like he's just crazy. It's like no, no he, he doesn't know what that is. He has to learn it. Um, when and if you've do- ever had that sensation when you've been in a really loud movie theater, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the movie ends and your ears kind of like expand in the mm-hmm. silence, like that resounding silence is deafening. All of a sudden, having nothing and then having your hearing and having that be like yeah, so hard. It's it's really well conveyed, and I, I love the episode. The episode after, and it's a two-parter of when he gets his hearing back, where and Kakimaru is supposed to be a teenager, so he gets his hearing back, and he just kind of sulks because he can't handle all of the noise around it. He hasn't learned how to filter it out, and because he's a teenager, when something like that happens, it's a perfectly normal reaction to just be, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. And he shuts down for a little while. Always tries to figure it out. Yeah, Biwa says that he's being like a, a monster that's yeah. hiding in a cave. We gotta get it. We have to coax him out somehow. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the more interesting characters who's out of order, uh, kind of charms him out of it. It's because of a very simple thing that we take for granted. Yeah. So, but there's they're slowly building to the bigger theme because we're what nine episodes in I think we're nine episodes in yeah. and uh, he has currently I think ten no eight parts yeah but there's they're slowly building to the thing uh, build bigger theme of 
he's clearly eventually going to confront his father because his action as he's wandering, his actions are getting through the world. But he also has a brother that seems to kind of resent his their their shared mother because his mother clearly is holding on to, on to some guilt about giving getting rid of Yakimaru, and the brother is just very upset by this and can't figure out why because no one's told him that he like as far as he knows he was the firstborn. He just knows something's going on. His his mom is always distracted because of something. And things are getting weird. His dad is stressed out because, for some reason, things are going wrong. And I love this. And this is, again, where this is the neat that they're seeing the weaving the story is all of a sudden, like, oh, well, we, you know, he made this deal that all the demons were going to take care of him. And wait a minute, the statues of the demons in this hall where I made my promise are starting to crack. The fields that they, they were bent, uh, bountiful. There's when, a drought. Yeah, there's now a drought and stuff like or that. Or there was just a landslide where this area where there was never a landslide before. It's Yeah, and I like that this is... They're playing with two ideas here of, you know, Hyakimaru's senses of, okay, now you have this sense, but you also have to deal with the, the downsides of that. Like, you know, he said, oh, well, getting nervous system back, you now have to deal with pain. And I think there's also going to be the thing of Hyakimaru's getting his life back but at the expense of you know all the farmers and everyone else in uh, Daigo the Lord's uh, and his younger, domain, yeah, and his younger brother who thinks he's a firstborn, who's rightfully so attention hungry. Mama, mm-hmm. watch me do this. Look at me. Look at me. You know, like and and that's just like common for kids to be like, hey, look, look what I could do. I learned how to do a backflip. You know, and he's not getting the attention that he needs, and his world is falling apart, and. You know, Hyakumaru has no clue yeah. that that the ripples that him defeating these horrific monsters and him getting his life back, which he never actually had. He was an infant when he lost yeah. all of this stuff. He never actually had it. He has no clue that this is causing anyone else pain. Yeah, like the only person that could possibly have all the pieces is Daigo. And even then, he's not quite sure. Like, all he knows, and like... All he knows is that potentially these demons that, you know... I don't feel bad from... for him. He's the... Pardon the language. He's the asshole that, like, sold out his, like, yeah. firstborn child to have all yeah. the stuff that he But he's the, he's the only one that could possibly have all the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And even then, he's still trying to figure it all out. I don't the... think he thinks it's even... I mean, they allude to it in this in the episode that we just saw, but I don't think he. it's even, like... A thought that yeah. his firstborn survived. Yeah. Like, why? how could a skeleton of an infant, which we sent literally down the river, be this force? Right now, the only thing that we do know is that, and this is something that's very focused on in this series, in the, in the anime specifically, and was not even really touched upon, but just hinted at in the manga, is the effects that all of this is happening with the people themselves. Yeah. Because... This is not a happy world where everything is good. This is not Astro Boy where everyone is in peace and love. No, this is during the early yeah, this is, samurai uh, era where samurais were like, yes, we follow Bushido, but then we'll raid a village yeah, and we'll rape go. and pillage yeah. because we can. And people who are willing to sell out you... their families for reasons or people who will 
or I'm here to protect my family, but my lord just said I had to kill a bunch of people, yeah. and I don't want to, but so... But you literally see people, like, getting stabbed and dying and fighting and being beat yeah. up, and then you see these horrible, horrific monsters that, you know, the town knows about and feeds to save their own lives, yeah. and, like, the, the reality of the world that they live in is harsh, but at the same time, you're just... It, it does something magical that just kind of sucks you in. And it's, there's a lot of gray morality here. You know, people are like, you know, there's one episode where they're sacrificing, you know, uh, a woman each time. Like, what, however often, oh, the ashes fall into the sky again. We'll feed it to this demon that, oh, you know. Let's go get a pure woman and go. Feed the demon and yep. the demon will leave us alone for a little while longer. And it's that, and it's that trade-off of like, you know, yeah, it's one person that we're basically killing, but it's making the letting it, the rest of us survive. The thing that got me with that is that the the girl that was being sacrificed, she was bound, but she like even when they went to go rescue her and they cut her, she's like, no, 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 go away. Yeah, I'm doing this, this is, so that so many other people can live. And, and they, yeah, and, they, and she even says that it was her choice. It wasn't like she was forced to do it. Right. She volunteered, and that's again that gray morality. Another perfect example is that. In another episode, there is a bunch of disappearances happening, and they think it's the giant, it's the evil monster that's doing it. And it's not. It's a townsman who's helping people escape because they're being worked to death. And he's willing to die to uh, to, to save these people. And he even, he the monster is the one who's like... Wow, you're good. It's like, is, uh, doesn't understand. It's like, I should be killing you, but I'm not because you're a good person. Yeah. It's, it's very it's very interesting I think that it's humbling mm-hmm. a lot of these stories are end up being humbling they're um, but it's just so artfully done it's very visually beautiful it's yeah. done in such a way that the flashbacks are purposeful with the specific coloring yeah. that shows through and it ties into the theme of the the show and and you feel what Hyakumaru feels when he gets that next body part. Like. Yeah. And it's... I like that a lot of that stuff is subtle. It's You don't necessarily notice it all the time. But as you... Like, I've rewatched a couple of those episodes, and that's where I've noticed those details. And I think it's going to be... It's a good series to go back to yeah. and look for those details after you get the overall story. I think once the end happens, this is going to have to be a series you have to rewatch. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. It's funny that he had he got a do-over with one of his limbs. Yeah. He lost one. He got the limb, he lost it, and then he got to do it. He got yeah. it again. Because well, he, he went back and killed the monster. Yeah, he got, he got... he got That was where he got his hearing back, right? And yeah. Then, and then he, so, but he lost a leg, so he had to go back and kill it to actually get, get everything. Yeah, he's like, I gotta kill you twice. Yeah. Um, so, we've seen stuff like, okay, he's finally has, like, you know, vocal cords or whatever, so we can actually speak, and he's learning to, like, he said maybe, like, eight words the entire series so far, which is, I love that. And, like, seven of them were in the last episode we just watched. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the one, it's really making, as time goes on, and they show, like, the struggle of gaining a sense back. It's making me really eager to see what they do, like, when they introduce the next thing. Like, you know, one of the big ones, I think, is going to be Sight. Sight is going to blow his mind. And that's going to be really... I'm really hoping that's fun to watch. I think 
Because all that's left right now is his two arms, his eyes, yeah, and that's it. I think. I think that's all that's left. So yeah, yeah I mean, and his one leg, and his one leg, because he has one fake leg still. But I think too, like once he gets his arms back, he's lived his entire life without them, and then he had them as swords. Yeah, like I, I want to know the struggle that he's gonna have when he goes to fight. Yeah. If it's like he, especially is if they do it like if he does he get one arm back or both at the same time, because then it's like does he totally change his fighting style and things like that, and that would be and that could easily be an episode within this of him having to relearn how to fight. Mm-hmm. Well, we we have thirteen ep- or fifteen episodes left, so I'm, I definitely want to see how this one. So keeps we're going. gonna see how this goes now, uh, because it's been all over the place. I'm gonna say that. We're going to do two different little ratings here. Now, for the manga itself, despite the abrupt ending, i got to give it a really, really, really fucking cool. It is a, another great <laughs> series. It's fun. It's different. It's a great uh, samurai period piece. It's done really differently. The elements for the manga were a little more uh, focused on the supernatural, but not as crazy as you'd expect. Yeah, It's not like, we'll say... Blade of the Immortal or Berserk, which is like yeah. 100%. This is like maybe 30% mythical. The rest is samurai period piece. Yeah, if it's a, it's a, and because it's so short, it's a low time investment. It doesn't take that long to read. It's a low cost investment if you buy just the the one by the Omnibus edition. Twenty bucks is not bad for a manga when you spend thirty dollars on X amount. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's a very easy one. If you like stuff like Shigeru Mizuki's work with yokai and, you know, folk monsters like that, you'll get a little, it's a little, it's a bit of that flavor in here, too. Yeah. It's it's an easy one to go through, and it's a good one, especially if you're starting to, like, if you haven't read much Tezuka, and you don't, you know, other than, like, some of his big, more famous stuff like Astro Boy... This is a good gateway into some of his other stories. And it's not as deep a plunge as, say, reading Apollo song, which yeah. that goes like, this is for kids. No, it's no. not. It's not for kids. You're just being cynical. Yeah, it's, it's a very good, like, sane in one. I would say really, really, really flipping cool. And you, you need to have it on your shelf. Mm-hmm. It is definitely a piece that you could show to other adults, and they actually would appreciate it, I would say. I don't think that they would not appreciate it. I think that it would be something that you could show to somebody, and they would unintentionally be sucked in. Yes. It'd yeah. be 30 minutes later, and you're like, what happens next? Yes. I, 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 my girlfriend's brother was trying to find a new manga series, and I you know, asked him, you know, well, what are you looking for? And his only requirement was no slice of life. And it's like, okay, here you go. Here's something easy to do. So you couldn't give him Azumanga Daioh? <laughs> <Why not? laughs> um, well, I loaned him that. And I, so I loaned him Dororo and uh, 20th Century Boys. So here's something really short. Here's something really long and winding. But it was fun to watch the reaction because I could tell almost instantly when he had finished it. Because immediately he's like, so I googled Dororo now, and I heard there's a new anime coming out. I guess because I want to see more. And it's it's like it's the it's you know you're gonna love it because you're gonna resurface from it, not really realizing that you've read so much of it. And you're gonna watch the manga and like as soon as the or watch the anime, and as soon as the episode ends, you'd be like, okay, well, when's the next one? Like, yeah. what happened? There was one week where it was like a day behind schedule, and it drove me crazy. And I'm not one, like, I usually like to binge an anime. I'm much more of, I'd rather have the full season in front of me 
versus watching it week to week. I'm, I love Crunchyroll and stuff like that, but I am bad about remembering to go check every week. I'm much more, okay, the full series is out. Okay, now we'll go through it. This was one where it's like, yeah, next episode. When? <laughs> and I will say this. If you do not have an Amazon Prime account, you can get a temporary one for 30 days. And theoretically, at this point, you could watch two-thirds of the series, maybe? Yeah. It's a thought. It's a thought. They just cancel it, use another another email <laughs> account, and finish the series. Not that anyone we know has ever. No, ever no, 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 no. I just, I forgot to cancel mine, so I paid for my year's subscription, which ends in two months. It'll be done by then. I don't know. Yeah, so anime is totally worth, worth watching, and I'm pretty sure it's 100%. worth owning. I'm just curious if they do, who's going to release it, and if they're going to do something awesome, like a, I would love to see an awesome box set with this. With something like, almost like the Food Wars where it's a bento. But this one, I'm thinking maybe it's an arm. Mm. See, I, this is one of those times, like, I would almost go like to go back to, like, 2000s anime releases in America. I would love just, like, a nice, like, statue of Dor- of Chakimaru and Dororo. And that's all I would need. I'd be happy that, would, that would be cool. They almost feel like bookends to me. Like, Dororo should be on one end, and Hyakuwa yeah. should be on the other, and the entire series should be in between. This makes me think about the Bastard, the Bastard <laughs> uh, limited edition, which had the action figure of Dark, of Dark Schneider, which I actually have somewhere around here with Ifrit. Uh, but that would be a f- that would be cool to check out. We just have to come back and... I don't think as anyone... I don't think anyone's announced ownership for releasing it yet. Right now, the only one who has it is Amazon, so we don't yeah. know what will happen with that. I hope that they do a decent release. With yeah. I say buy it, watch it, read it. You're welcome. Get a hold of it somehow, and uh, if we come to a new con, we will be talking about this, especially down at Boston, which is all Shogun, so I'm definitely yeah. going to talk about this. And I'm recommending this for the adult... 22 uh, Samurai Manga recommendations because this is one which actually it's very mature even though it was written for kids it's doesn't pull punches and characters do die in this it's like they're characters that you attach to that yeah. do die and not in nice ways some people may yeah. have cried during certain episodes I think though like just if we're talking the manga though it's a good mature but not like well, like you hear the word mature and it's like you think immediately like for grown-ups only. And this is like... This is that right vein of seinen manga. Where yes. it's like... It's a little little more depth. A little more to it. Um, and you can kind of... You know... Enjoy it on your own. But if you want other stuff... And again, this is why I say it's a good gateway to Tezuka. Is because it, if you like what you're getting... Kind of... The feelings of there... Some of his other stuff gets even more intense. And it's a good entry point. And as I said, it does have the star system. Characters do show up. I'm not going to say who shows up in there. I've talked about some of the cameos, but there are some interesting ones, including one little boy who looks very familiar with weird pointy hair. Mm-hmm. As a friend of Doro, who says, Hey, hey, how come you're doing this? And then, well, but digress. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, I think that's it. I think we, we can call this one dead for now until the until the Yeah, I, done. I, I would definitely like to... Revisit this after we finish definitely. The we will. We will do that. We will do a, a revisit as an anime review. But uh, anyway, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes www.spark.com. You can check Doug out at AnimeCons.tv or at Anime Boston or uh, Con. Yeah, I, I I will be doing a couple panels at Anime Boston, and maybe we'll get some panels at Anime Next. Yep. Yeah. So um, Anime Boston, I'll be doing my usual 
uh, with uh, some friends, uh, all the mecha you'll ever need. Yes. So if you're a diehard mecha fan or can tolerate listening to diehard mecha fans. Now, will you be good. talking about NT? Probably, unfortunately, <laughs> Gundam narrative. We did survive that. I'm sure we'll have a kind of, I'll probably have to set like a stopwatch to say, okay, we're only allowed to talk about it for this long before new before so ranting before we rant about it some yes. more. And, uh, um, and I will also be doing uh, with the people from Gunpla 101. We'll be doing the wild world of Gundam mer- merchandising and talking about kind of some of the normal and some of the crazier Gundam merchandise that's out there as the franchise. Like the Gundam Head cigarette lighter or the tiki glasses? Oh, that's just scratching the surface. Oh, are you going to bring the beer stein? <laughs> I'm just, I'm not spoiling anything. <coughs> Definitely check it out. Uh, I don't even know what panels, we're, we haven't even heard what we're going to get, but we have a bunch of panels lined up for Anime Boston. I think we put, I put seven in. Yeah, that's not crazy. It's not the worst I've done. I'll probably get five, maybe. But we got some fun panels. Uh, our food, our cooking panel is going to be on there. We have an Izakai panel, and uh, from under the bed, I I retired for Anime Boston for this year because even though a lot of people like it, I feel it's. Uh, but you have to wait and see. Now, with that in mind, I think it's the part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only. Will. Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga is a substitute, and you've never seen the real world. Oh, jeez. This is the Wheel of Manga. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on it. And what we're going to do is we're assign a manga title to each of the ten slots. So we spin it, and whatever number it lands on, that's reviewing the next episode. And since I've used List Randomize, we've got some interesting titles. Now, besides the fact that I've got... Now, some of the titles we have on here, we have this one series about going through a door and ending up in another world, a weird kind of Izakai. We have one which our friend Sarah... Cosplay's ass. Oh, jeez. Yes, one about um, some sort of pancake-chested princess. A hime-hime of sorts. Hime-hime. Uh, we've got one which is a gambling manga about using a D20 in a, in a casino. Uh, we've got a, a new series which is really popular. It's an Izakai series which apparently we did not even know. 13 volumes are out in the U.S. Oh, jeez. We went to Barnes & Nobles. They had volume 13 out. We're like... This, wait, what? Uh, we've got one which is about how to eat food, which isn't really good. We've got this one about this family, you know, this, we may have talked about it before in a couple of episodes, this family that's been bothered by this weird being that has lit, that, uh, tentacles in his fingernails and shoots laser beams. Mm-hmm. You know, then we have one about five siblings, uh, one about a guy who says he's a doctor, but he's really a psychopathic samurai. No one even remembers that series. Then we got one that was written by um, the only uh, American mangaka, officially. Mm. Which I actually have an opening that he did somewhere. It's on one of the recordings. And then last we have one about a guy who gets surgery and he becomes a psychopath. So let's spin and see what we're going to review. Actually, since you're done, you I will give it a spin. Woohoo! Let's spin and see what we're going to review. Round and round she goes. Number eight. So... We're going to be talking about gambling with a D20. <laughs> talking about Rinman Gambler Mouse. One which has never been released before, but, well... You're welcome, question mark. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray. So I guess I'm going to upgrade the question mark to exclamation point. <laughs> well, we'll see. It may be good. It may be terrible. We'll have to wait and see. So with that in mind, I guess that's it for this episode. So thank you guys for listening. Keep checking us out. 
on the YouTube channel, we're going to be posting some really cool videos. I'm actually going to be getting Burnout Paradise. I know it came out like a couple months ago, but it's really cool to play a game where you have to crash in other cars. <laughs> and that's the goal of the game. So we'll, t we'll talk to you guys later. Um, anything else? Nope, that's it. See ya. Thanks. Later. All right, we're gone, guys. Bye.
手の手を振ったら泣いちゃった僕らの真っ赤な嘘だけが濡れる濡れるそして朝が来る